It feels lonely to be a CEO. Let me tell you something. You are not alone in this journey. To make it easier and more impactful, you only need the correct tools, expert guides, and a community of business leaders like you. Welcome to the Impact X podcast, the space for business leaders who want to create more impact in their business while reducing personal and professional drama. Hi, I'm Daniel Marcos, CEO of the Growth Institute, an entrepreneur for more than 20 years and CEO coach for more than 12. Through my journey, I have met and learned from great CEOs and business leaders, and I would invite them here to get to know them and learn from the best. Ready? Let's impact X your company and life. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, or good night, depending on what part of the world you're visiting us. I'm Daniel Marcos, your your host of the podcast Learning Up, where we learn how to really take your company to the next level. Of course, you have to learn yourself, get your mindset, your tools to the next level so you could scale your company. And today we're going to be talking about a very, very popular subject, how to really create more sales by getting more phone calls and have meaningful conversations for your sales team. And today I'm with Chris Beal. Chris is the CEO of Connection, Connect and Sell, a sales solution that provides the market's most uh, transparent demand uh, generation solution. he has an AI-powered team of over 400 people that generate has generated over 4 million B2B conversations. And he has a projection of around 25 million of revenue by 2024. Um, uh, he has been a CEO for the past 30 years and has participated in building startup uh, in the software industry and really focusing consistent on creating and uh, talking to market simple product, uh, product sorry really helping the, the market be able to have a product that helps them scale. Um, hey, Chris, how are you? Fantastic, Daniel. Great to be here. So tell us a little bit about what is Connect and Sell. So Connect and Sell is a simple way for a B2B sales rep to talk to all the people they need to talk to. It's really hard to get folks on the phone nowadays. You might call and end up in voicemail or with gatekeepers or God knows what for about an hour and then finally get a live person and then they say they're busy. So, so with Connect and Sell, you don't do that. You push a button, you wait for one, two, three minutes, you talk to somebody on your list with no effort whatsoever. So you talk to 10 times as many people. Now, if you suck, well, then you suck. But if you're good, <laughs> you'll do a lot of business. So so explain to me, so having calls with CEOs or, or with uh, potential buyers has gone down significantly. And hey, I never answer my phone if I don't see whoever I'm talking is hard for me to answer my phone and the rest. So tell me, first of all, the challenges that we're having in the market. And then what do you do to make, to improve this? What's your technology and, and have, what have you learned of how to really communicate with potential buyers? Well, the big challenges are in two areas. One are people don't answer their phone, just as you said. The other is they even answer their emails less. So it's gotten to the point where automatically generated emails with ChatGPT writing these beautiful emails that indicate to you that they don't care about you at all. They're just trying to trick you. Yep. Uh, those, I, I probably get four or 500 of those a day. Yep. And now it's even flooded into LinkedIn where almost every LinkedIn indication or invitation is nothing more than a come on. So we have a problem. We have people who are hard to get hold of and we have a lot of noise out there in the communication channels. And yet, until you have conversations, you have nothing in business. So what do we do about it, right? So what we've done is provided what I'll call a brute force attack on the problem. So instead of you dialing and navigating phone systems over and over and over and going to nowhere, by the way, voicemail is now nowhere also. So that's another challenge. Voicemails 
They're transcribed. You read them and you go, that's somebody trying to sell me something. Enough of that, right? Indeed, so I have no 15 voice messages from last week that I have not yet. That, that you haven't looked at, right? I've got 23 of them myself. I was just looking right before we, we got on. So the, the deal is, it turns out people do answer their phone. They just don't answer it very often. Some answer a lot and some answer less. We actually score 24 million people every night, but the people phone number combinations with regard to their proven propensity to answer the phone. So one thing we do is we know who answers. So we'll optimize your calling lists and call the people who answer. Why call the people who don't answer? And secondly, we do multiple calls in parallel with AI and humans navigating those calls so that you do no work. And you can, this is the real key. You can do something else. You can pet your cat. You can drink your coffee. You can research your competitors or your customers, do whatever you want. And at some point, usually within a three minutes or so, bloop, you're talking to somebody. So the system goes to your database, whatever you have at HubSpot or whatever uh, CRM you have, and starts dialing until it gets someone on the phone. When they get a real phone, that's when it gets connected for the sales agent. Exactly. And it goes through the database like you want it to. So it's you say, I want this particular list, which is a report on the database, to be what I'm calling on right now. It could be a cold list. More importantly, it could be a follow-up list. When you talk to somebody, you want to talk to them again, probably. Nobody's ready to buy from you today, even a meeting. Right. Who wants yeah. to even buy a meeting from you, right, for free? Yeah. It's a, it may be a great product. Meeting with me is a wonderful product, but nobody wants to buy it. So, so I've got people to talk that to people people buy from you whenever they're ready, not whenever you're ready. And we exactly. expect to sell whenever we want. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. So we have to solve two problems. One is reach. We've got to get a hold of people and talk to them. But secondly, actually, within that reach, we need to build trust so that they'll talk to us again. And thirdly, we need to talk to them over and over and over until they're finally ready to buy. Okay. How do you create that trust? So the, the rich uh, people, you could have a technology to get to that. How do you create the trust? Well, what you need to do is in the first seven seconds of the conversation, you only have seven seconds to create trust, according to Chris Voss, FBI guy, yep. the author of Never Split the Difference, How to Negotiate as if Your Life Depends on It. I probably butchered the title. Sorry, Chris. He <laughs> told me at dinner one night the answer to that question. I asked him, what do we have to do to get trust in a cold call? And actually, I asked him, how long do we have? And he said, seven seconds. And I said, whoa, seven wow. seconds. That's kind of a quick answer. Our <laughs> research says eight, eight seconds. He goes, your research is wrong. It's seven seconds. Okay, great. What do we have to do in those seven seconds? He says, oh, that's easy. I'm thinking this guy looking at like it's a second bourbon. He's uh, what's going on here? <laughs> and he says, no, that's easy. All we have to do is show the other person. We see the world through their eyes. We call it tactical empathy. Then we need to immediately demonstrate to them that we're competent to solve a problem they have right now. I said, well, isn't the problem they have right now me? <laughs> and he says, Bingo, that's why you can never lose in a cold call. So you do those two things in less than seven seconds, and you get what I'll call involuntary trust. The other person will trust you, not because you have some deep relationship, but because you did the two things that the FBI and Harvard Business School and all these people have learned. And the FBI was doing it with lives on the line. Like, you know, you don't get trust in seven seconds. They replace the negotiator kind of lives, right? Mm -hmm. There's a cold call. Nobody's going to die here. So you really have an opportunity to turn that other person's fear of you as an invisible stranger who just ambushed them into trust in seven seconds, 100% of the time. Take skill. We teach it. 
we, we very reluctantly took up teaching people how to do this six years ago, because what we found is we delivered, so we do about 50 million dials a year. We deliver about 4 million conversations a year. So 4 million conversations that are bad are 4 million bad conversations, right? So we finally said, oh, we're going to start teaching people how to do this. And the key to the whole thing in our flight school is for three hours of live conversations, we coach the first seven seconds over and over and over until you get it right. Wow. So so I imagine one thing is the technology. The other one is executing the call right. So you yeah. said you teach them. But some companies have great sales agents and some have very incompetent sales agents, even after the training. So how can you guarantee your service and guarantee your results if, if you depend on the sales agent? We can't really guarantee anything, but we're going to deliver the conversations and we're going to help you with your reps, with your lists, with your message. And by the way, we will give you enough information that if you need to help a rep go on to a new career somewhere else, you'll have hard facts to help you out because you'll know what happened on every single conversation and they'll have a lot. My team, for instance, just our, our little SDR team of 10, they have 1,500 conversations a week with VPs of sales. Wow. They talk to 100,000 people a year. Right? So I know if they're good or bad. Yeah. I got, I got a lot of data. Hey, um, let's talk about the role of the CEO in the sales process. Um, I really believe is the job of the CEO to make sure there's a predictable sales system in the company. So, so tell me about the relationship with the CEO or how do you help the CEO design or the sales team design the sales process so it's a more effective sales process? Yeah, you have hit it on the nail. I mean, this is where it's at, right? I think first, I think most CEOs are sufficiently educated to know that the theory of constraints rules their business. Yep. There is only one bottleneck. There can't be four, three, two bottlenecks. There's always one. That's what you need to find. That's what you need to understand, characterize. You need to know what's its throughput, what's its cycle time, what's its quality, right? Well, the bottleneck of almost every B2B organization is right at the top of their funnel. They're just not talking to enough people. And we help them design a system that starts by going from scarcity, I'm, we're not having enough conversations, to abundance, at which point now you can start to analyze. Now you can say, aha, are we talking to the right people? So we help them with things like, let's start by talking to everybody, not the right people, the wrong people, the right people, the other people. Yeah. Get over it. Now let's analyze reality from those conversations. How long are the conversations? What are the dispositions of the conversations? Analyze them with ChatGPT and find out, or a GPT engine, and say, hey, Who's doing a good job and who's not? Where is it, you know, where is it happening? Because you need to iterate. So sales system, you can't just design it and go, here it is, here it is, here's the pieces. You have to start with the bottleneck, which tends to be the top of the funnel. You have to get a hold of it, you increase the flow rate, you have to tune it, and then you have to sit back and watch. And I've been doing this in manufacturing for years and years, so it's easy to do it in sales, right? Making things is easier than making conversations. But it's also harder. I mean, it's, you know, assemble this light bulb here. I, I can't do that, but I can talk to you. So we help from what I'll call a manufacturing mindset. And we look at it as a process that has human beings doing crucial things like getting trust, getting curiosity, overcoming apprehension in, uh, in later calls and discovery calls. The other, the other person is apprehensive. What's a better emotion to get them to? So taking folks on an emotional journey 
which ultimately this is what I teach CEOs. Look, your, your team's job is to take folks that don't know you on an emotional journey from being apprehensive, concerned or whatever, to ultimately preferring you over themselves when it comes to making a decision. Yeah. People buy from people they trust yes. to make a decision they don't trust themselves to make. That's, that's your job. Let's design and iteratively execute a system that transparently makes that happen, that we can sample it along the way. Now, I'm an old physicist, mathematician by background. So I'm not a sales guy. That's not my background. My background is big math, right? Well, this is little math, but it's really important to math. Right? And that's what I talk to CEOs about. It's like, don't be at the mercy of a bunch of folks just talking. You've got to get a hold of the process. Okay, now let's okay, go through. Sorry, whenever someone has does have enough leads, everything you were talking about would someone has already enough leads. What happens if someone has not enough leads and they want to get to a market that they have don't don't have access or they don't know who they are? Well, we just did this this last week with my wife's company. So her company, she works for MediaFly. She's the chief revenue officer there. Okay. And they have pivoted up market. So they're okay. going for big companies now. Well, they don't have enough leads, right? In fact, okay. you ever notice that when you go to big companies and you look at them, the titles don't mean the same thing from company to company? Yes. All the titles are different. They're all crazy, right? And then the titles people give themselves on LinkedIn are even crazier. They're like, oh, I'm the you know, global transformation, blah, 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 blah. So you got to talk to people in order to find out what's going on in those companies. That's simple. You know, use Zoom info. We build lists. Everybody can build lists. There's so much data out there right now. Data is commoditized, right? So build a list. That's your hypothesis. Take so some you could, reps. You could get any list and, and target it exactly the same that you do it with your actual list. Yeah. Yeah, and just start talking to them and make sure that when you talk to them, you don't forget. That's why you should record every conversation. You should have them transcribed. You should have them analyzed. And the answer to the question, did we learn anything, is right there in the transcript. Did you learn anything? Did you learn who? It's always yes, no, not me, not now. There's only four answers to, a, to an answer. Yes, fantastic. You'll meet with them and learn something. No, they're making a claim that may or may not be true. Yeah. Not me. Okay, then whom? Not now. Well, that's always true. So let's talk when, you know, to be prepared for now when now comes. Interesting. Okay. Um, so tell me about learning on your organization. What was the biggest learning you've had recently about your sales process? I imagine you continue to learn about sales process and you adapt and change your sales process. Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> we've made a huge pivot ourselves. We used to sell, connect, and sell <clears throat> primarily by the dial. So you'd get a subscription for $100,000, you have a year to use them, whatever, right? We've switched to selling by the user, by the seat. So you, yeah. you buy so many users for such period, very classic SaaS kind yeah. of stuff, right? <clears throat> we could do that because we, we learned that we could actually automate about 50% of what goes on inside of our system. It used to be humans, now it's a mix. And by taking out half the cost, we could make a new offering. So now what we're learning is how fast can we sell that offering? So it's like, instead of having to kind of work so hard to get a sale, we're learning how to actually run a highly strategic but transactional business in B2B. That is make it a transactional speed, but with strategic targeting. And that learning has been a big deal. The other thing that we've learned is these GPT models, like, like GPT-4, 
yeah. are incredibly good at doing some things we used to ask managers to do. Yeah. Can you imagine? Say you're managing my SDR team. My SDR team has 1,500 conversations per week. Say you transcribe those into something that they're one minute conversations. So you transcribe them into something that takes you one minute to read. Yeah. Well, you, you spend 53 hours a week just reading the transcripts and you'll forget all of them and so forth. So learning the power of bringing all the conversations together, feeding them to a GPT-4 engine and asking it a simple question. Hey, who's having the biggest challenge keeping people on the phone? Who's having the biggest challenge staying engaged? Who's having the biggest challenge getting a meeting? Boom, 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 boom. Suddenly you're managing the team. So what we've learned is that this AI revolution can be applied to sales management in a way nobody thought about before. Everybody's thinking about coaching conversations. We're now looking at and doing coaching the entire team at once. So how do you hire enough salespeople and, and train enough salespeople through you could really build a team? So I imagine you work with a lot of teams. You know what works in certain teams and what doesn't work. So, so tell me how to really build the right sales team or how to build a functional sales team. Well, I think you got to keep the team much smaller than folks think. So throwing bodies at sales and then waiting for them to fail. The standard in sales is we hire somebody, we put them in a territory, and six months later, we fire them. Yep. But we call it putting them on a pip, right? <clears throat> but we're really just firing them some sort of slow way. And so we find a couple of things. One is in the interview process, anybody who wants to work for us has got to get on our system. We want to listen to them, talk to people. That is the number one way not to hire more, but to hire better. Because somebody who can't hold a cold call certainly can't close a six-figure deal. <laughs> That's all there is to it. So we want to find out, can they even jump over, you know, a, like a little stack of pennies before we ask them to pole vault 17 feet? So that one is super effective. Second, give them an environment where they're getting to do what they want to do, what they're good at. Most salespeople, I'll be frank, they don't read very well. The, the great readers and math guys in school did not go into sales. They just didn't because the intuitions that you need around human beings tend to develop more when you're challenged at a young age with just life and life is school when you're young. School is very challenging if you have dyslexia or anything like it, if you have ADD or anything like it. You ever notice how many salespeople are sort of male, left-handed, colorblind, ADD, dyslexics, and they're great? They're the Richard Bransons of the world, right? They're incredibly capable of causing you or I to think new thoughts, things right. we never considered before just by talking to us. Okay, well, those are the greatest salespeople. So why are we asking them to be administrators of a CRM? So number two is take all of the administrative burden away from your salespeople that you can and measure that by asking this question, how many hours a day or minutes or whatever are they spending in actual conversations with customers so i go through my team's conversations not the cold calls those are easy there's too many of them but i actually go through the meetings every day i sit there with one of those meet you know meeting summarizers on my phone with whiskey over here on the side and i just go one after another and it's like i get impressions of what's going on in the business where our challenges are I'm kind of on the front lines. I'm not doing it to critique individual reps. I'm doing it to get a feel for the business. None of those reps had to do anything except show up at those meetings and move the ball forward. And if they're meeting two, three, four times a day, I'm happy. If they're meeting once a week, I wonder what's going on. They can't be, ha they can't be happy. 
So why would a great one come to work for a company that turns them into a CRM admin? Yeah. Oh, they hate that. They hate it. All right. So to close the episode, what are the three things that are not working in sales today? And what are the three things that are working in sales today? Well, one thing that's not working in sales today is sending tons of emails, cold emails. That ain't working. Another thing that's not working in sales today is having a bunch of lone wolves assigned to territories and hoping it works out. But the no process approach doesn't work either, right? So that's problematic. Another thing that's not working is I'll call it the most recent tricks. So the tricks like social break down quickly from noise. So noise turns out to be your biggest competitor and nobody knows what to do about the noise. So we know one thing that does work where we wouldn't be in business, which is talking to more people. I think another thing that's working is paying attention to guys like, um, and gals like Anthony Anarino, who has, uh, has a book on elite sales strategies. Yeah. And that book opens with that quote I gave you earlier, people buy from people they trust to make a decision they don't trust themselves to make. Why do I remember that quote? Because he's quoting me and he didn't tell me he was going to do it. And I thought it was pretty fun. So, you know, like Andy Paul, selling without selling out, right? Getting, getting that mindset change that says, I'm not here to make you do anything. I'm an expert who is on your side. And I win when you decide that whenever you're going to buy, you're going to buy from me. And meanwhile, you're going to accept my guidance. So that, I think, is working and working increasingly well, but it's in pockets. Not everybody wants to do it because not everybody wants to do it. Another thing that's working, interestingly, is AEs, account executives, using technology that they can stand to use, which means it has to be easy for them, to actually prospect on their own. Because when an AE gets a new somebody new that they have a relationship with, the odds of them winning that deal go almost to 100% when they're first to build the relationship. And there's been a lot of emphasis on, I'll call it hyper-efficiency with SDR teams and all that kind of stuff. And I think we're, what we're seeing now is, you know what? You can actually use technology to have AEs create their own flow of meetings and those meetings they won't complain about because they set the meeting themselves. And they'll have a different attitude and they'll get to the other end with either a deal or, you know, a good no deal. All right. Um, so, Chris, thank you very much. Um, if someone wants to look for you and reach out to you, where can they follow you? Where can they learn more from you? Well, I have a podcast called Market Dominance Guys with Corey Frank. It's got 207 episodes now. If you want to hear me go on and on and on about how to dominate markets, <laughs> you can hear it. Corey decided to start interviewing me in 2019 to force a book out of me. The book still hasn't happened, but the podcast is there. So market dominance, guys, it's everywhere. Go listen to it. Uh, you can go to Connect and Sell and sign up for a test drive. I'm not very interesting. The experience of driving this thing, we call it the Ferrari of sales, is pretty mind-blowing. It's not a demo. It's not any of that normal crap. It is like, in those two hours or three hours, you're going to change your mind about what's possible because you just experienced it. That's very cool. That's very interesting. interesting. And congrats on getting all the AI and really analyzing data with AI. Um, everyone's talking about generative and write letters and these things. You're really using it to get market intelligence and be able to fix your operation and improve and learn faster. I thought that was fascinating. Congrats. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. You know, I've been doing AI since, since 1992. Um, I was kind of a pioneer in the application of AI to categorization. 
So when I see a problem, I always go, well, can I use AI to categorize first before I take action? So what are your AI favorite tools? You know, I'm actually a big fan of GPT-4 um, because it's not so much its tool like its tricks, it's its knowledge. It blends its knowledge with our data. And that doesn't sound super powerful, but it really is because after all, that thing has been loaded up with data about everything. And there's a lot of data about sales out there, yeah. a lot of data about business. And so having that data intelligently at your fingertips, and then you put your own data in and let it blend them. And I'll tell you what, prompt engineering is a lot more fun than writing code. I've written more than a million lines of code. I'd rather talk to that bot any day of the week. That's really cool. All right. Uh, Chris, uh, thank you very much. Uh, great pleasure. Learn a lot. I imagine my audience is going to learn a lot. So thank you very much for your time and your knowledge and look forward to continuing conversations. And of course, right. I'm going to go to your podcast to continue learning how to dominate the market. All right. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for one more episode of Impact X Podcast. Don't forget to follow me in YouTube and Instagram. I'm constantly sharing content and tools for you to become the best version of yourself. I'm Daniel Marcos. See you soon. See you soon. See you soon.